Hey, it's Greg. Thanks for checking out Toronto. Today, it is November the 30th, last day of the month. And Bill 124, the controversial bill from the Ford government limiting, capping health care workers' wages, overturned in court. And the Ford government says they'll appeal. Some experts are saying, don't bother. It is taxpayer-funded, the appeal. We'll have to pay for that in court as taxpayers. But... A reaction to it. I never saw the win for it. You're going to end up paying more in the long run anyway. It didn't cost the Ford government at uh, at election time either, but I've also got theories on why that was the case. That's in our 6 a.m. top hour segment on Wednesday's Toronto Today. So let's dig into it and go into why it was so controversial, why it was deemed unconstitutional. We just went through this three or four weeks ago with all the noise and the hubbub. There was both hubbub and noise about the notwithstanding clause when it came to education workers. Here's what is there. We have a charter of rights and freedoms. We're lucky in this country. We have things that other people in other countries do not have. And there is a charter of rights and freedoms that guarantees all Canadians. This isn't just in Ontario. The right to fair and free collective bargaining. So what's that mean? You hire me to do a job. You name a price, I counter back, and I say, well, what about this? And maybe this. And we'll meet somehow, maybe not even necessarily in the middle, but we'll meet and we can have a conversation about it. It gets more complicated if you're in a union. Um, I have no qualms with being in a union, but I do find that it can be restrictive for you to, to for you to look around and say, am I actually benefiting from the union dues I pay? That's fair. These are very fair questions to ask. Teachers and educators ask themselves that. Why wouldn't public service workers ask themselves the same things? So when the province, and they did this three weeks ago, kind of throws a sword out there and says, we're going to, this is legislation that will prevent you from fair and reasonable arguments and to take job action when dissatisfied. Well, you can do that if you're a teacher. You can do that if you, uh, uh, you know, if you are in the public eye, but you can't if you if your work has been deemed essential. And that was the great debate about teachers and educators. And I think it still is. And those conversations, by the way, a couple weekends ago when we were coming right to the 11th hour and thinking, are our kids going to be in school on Monday or not? And our teachers going to be in school because QP was looking to strike again. Those were those were still honest questions. I think the government was asking. What are the pros and cons of making educators essential workers? I wouldn't be shocked if it happens in the next couple of years. They have quite a mandate. They have quite a landing strip, if you will, to put legislation through. This one, to me, however, I didn't get it. I didn't get it from the get-go, and I, I just didn't understand. Some people who applaud the Ford government for taking you know, unions to task and saying, hold the line on expenses here. Don't be don't be giving in and, and giving a six percent raise year over year, whether it's QP or whether it's somebody else. That was fine. They actually supported some people supported the Ontario Pro- Progressive Conservatives do that, doing that. But I would listen to enough people that say I like the hard line Doug Ford takes with the teachers. You dump on nurses, you're not going to win the public uh, minds and the public's minds and hearts. And this bill, controversial as it was. Uh, certainly lost a lot of hearts and minds. It certainly did. And it's been blamed for a lot of people leaving the healthcare industry. Maybe they stay in the healthcare industry, but they leave the province or they get of healthcare altogether. I mean, I don't think the newspapers were making up quotes 
from people who said, "Ah, yeah, I was in the nursing industry for 12 years and now I'm working at Costco and now I'm working at Boston Pizza and my life is better. And that's great. That's great. Absolutely. Do what you want to do. Do what you love. But it shouldn't have got to the point where uh, there was bound to be some burnout when you're, you're all over pandemic issues. I'm no educator. I'm no healthcare worker. But uh, talking about, uh, you know, a, a respiratory virus nonstop, it felt like for month after month after month. Trust me. Yes, there can be potential for burnout. I got it. And these people are treating patients. And these people are giving people bad news. And these people are watching families in a panic over either the health of grandma or the, the you know, the harsh cough of a two-year-old. So they're dealing with it all. And the idea that there would never be an approach to the table between the province and between healthcare workers to say, maybe 1% is not enough. Maybe the juice isn't worth the squeeze here. Maybe we're going to lose more good people and not be able to replace them and replenish them that quickly. We already have seen the data. We already know an anecdote. Everybody knows somebody who knows somebody that's gone and left uh, Ontario and moved somewhere else. I know two people, a couple, male and female couple. They've gone down to the United States. They're working at Henry. They're both nurses. They've gone down to Henry Ford Hospital in Dearborn. And again, their lives are better. They're working under better circumstances in a more containable atmosphere a less toxic atmosphere and they are making more money they have more disposable income and they have more time who wouldn't do that remember also these are options teachers don't have there's not one of the 50 states i can think of where you could leave ontario as a high school teacher and end up doing better and getting more prep time and being more protected and having a better pension at the end of it that is nothing to take away from teachers i'm just pointing out what nurses and, uh, and radiologists and cardiologists don't have in this province. Karen Littlewood's the president of the OSSTF. She had this reaction to the government loss. That's exactly what it was on Bill 124. Well, the government's going to be sending the message that they can't afford this. This is going to be pretty costly for them because the Financial Accountability Office has said that the cost to this could be billions. This is a lot of people who've been negatively impacted over three years. It's pretty clear to me. Again, I read it last night. It, it, it's We have a charter of rights and freedoms. You get the right to fair and free collective bargaining, and Bill 124 violated that, and it's an overstep. Bill 128, same thing. You can't wield legislation against workers to limit their fair and reasonable arguments to take job action when dissatisfied. So, no matter what, that enforces a cap on the compensation of more than 1 million public sector workers. We only got 15 million people in the province and they took 6% of the workers and said, stuff it. This is all you get for this year, next year, and the year after that. It also says something I'll say again about the campaigns that the liberals and the NDP put together. They couldn't get out of their own way and find a way to make less people vote for the Ford government or make more people vote for them. What an abject failure when you look back upon it that the liberals and NDP with their party platforms had going into June 2nd. Some of that was about COVID restrictions. Some of that was not just about not pounding the Ford government for the things you're able to pound them on. And Bill 124 was certainly one of them.